When I was an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and I answered them as best I could. They also called me Padre. Welcome to the Dear Padre podcast, where today is Good Friday, and we're going to talk a little bit about Peter in the story uh, since we read from his epistle and the irony of Peter's denial of his gospel um, in many ways is ironic to me, but also meaningful that there's always another chance for all of us. And that is one of the messages of the cross. Hope you can find something on this to grab hold of and hang on to in the trials and testings of your life that you're going through wherever you are. We live in a Good Friday world, but we are an Easter people, said Barbara Johnson. Thankful for her word that always gets me through this day. One of the ironies of Peter's life, Peter, who is there at the Last Supper, protesting the washing of his feet, Peter, who is there in the garden asleep, he's woken up, he's there when Jesus is arrested and strikes out with his sword. It's not lost on me or anyone else that Jesus doesn't want Peter to fight for him as much as he wants him to be with him to be with him, stay with me, remain here with me, watch and pray, watch and pray. Peter follows him at a distance. The only time in the New Testament where we know the weather, the temperature of a day, it was cold, and so he's warming himself by the fire. And it is there that he's asked if he knows Jesus three times, and every time he denies him with an oath saying he never met the man, he never knew him. All Jesus wants is for him to be there with him. And that is the one thing Peter just can't give. After the resurrection, Peter is restored to fellowship by Jesus. And then he preaches that sermon at Pentecost where thousands are baptized in the same day. He becomes a pillar in the church, a leader. He writes a letter First Peter that we have here. And all the way down through history, most people deny that it could have been Peter who wrote it. They say the Greek is too good. He's too good of a writer. A, a poor fisherman from a Galilean village couldn't be able to write something like this. And we don't really know for sure, do we? But I find that to be rather ironic that someone... Um, that the, the denial of Peter is still going on. And yet, I don't think Peter cares because Peter, in his new life post resurrection and leading the church, is pointing to Jesus always. He's not pointing to Peter. Even in his own death, he makes it clear that he is not worthy to be crucified the way Jesus was crucified. And so they turn him upside down and kill him on a cross, unlike. Jesus is crucified, and yet so similar to how he dies. And here, in his reflections on the cross, he points out to the fact that Jesus was destined to die this way before the foundation of the world, that this was somehow, some way, part of the workings of God, 
that Jesus, the cross is not some accident that happened on the way to the empty tomb. The cross is not essentially and only anything. Anyone who tells you the cross is only one thing misses what Peter is saying, that it is a cosmic reality, that there is a change in the very nature of the universe. When God dies naked on a cross, everything changes forever. Our need for capital punishment changes. Our need to scapegoat one person for everyone's faults changes. All of these things change. And anyone who reduces the cross to just one thing misses what Peter is saying. Someone who is there. We were not ransomed from the feudal ways of our ancestors. We were not ransomed this way from these things with silver or gold, he says. Maybe he's thinking about Judas, always thinking about the gold and silver, never thinking about the life of the one he betrays until it's too late. But he says you were ransomed with the precious blood of Christ, like a lamb without defect or blemish. This is the sacrifice of the cross, that Jesus' life is a sacrifice, much like the Passover lambs were killed to prevent the death of the people inside the house, the firstborn children. So Jesus' blood shelters us, covers us in that way. The cross cannot be reduced to just one thing. It is not just a bad thing that happened on the way to resurrection. And it is in the power of the resurrection that God glorifies his son. And in that resurrection, we see the the real significance of the cross, that it is ultimately the one act of solidarity between God and humanity. We often look at the incarnation as that moment, but that is just the first fruits of that solidarity with humanity. The cross is the ultimate solidarity because it is the solidarity of suffering. It is the solidarity of being forsaken by God. My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Is the cry of all human beings at some time or another. And Jesus cries that with us. The cross cannot be reduced to anything. So all we can do on this day is stare at it, look at it, contemplate it. Glory in the cross. Good Friday is not Jesus' funeral. Um, It is not a day just to be sad that he died. It is a day to reflect on how it changes everything, including the stuff we're facing today, including the challenges of our lives, the limitations of our lives. All of us, as Paul says, are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. The power of the cross is weakness to the world. If you follow Jesus to the cross, and are crucified with Jesus today or on any day. It'll look like weakness. It'll look like giving up. It'll look like the end of hope and everything else. But it is ultimately the way to ultimate victory. Through the cross, Jesus triumphs over death and hell, the things we're really afraid of in this life, the ultimate limitation of our finite existence. Jesus triumphs over that through the cross. He shows that he loves us. He shows that we're never alone. 
Even when we feel most forsaken by God, God is still with us. And he gives up his spirit. It is a voluntary thing that he does. And in that moment, where all the sighs of the world go out and the sky turns dark and thunder and lightning and earthquakes, in that moment, we are still loved by God. God has not abandoned us. God has not forsaken us. God is with us in the most profound and gruesome and awful way that we can ever be with anyone in that solidarity of suffering. Amen. Almighty God, we beseech thee graciously to behold this thy family, for which our Lord Jesus Christ was contented to be betrayed and given up into the hands of sinners and to suffer death upon the cross, who now liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost ever, one God, world without end. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, who did stretch out thine arms of love on the hard wood of the cross, that everyone might come within the reach of thy saving embrace, so clothe us in thy spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know thee to the knowledge and love of thee, for the honor of thy name. Amen.